0: 82 picks, 47 players, and the trade deadline of 2018 is over. Let me be the first to say, thank God. Were there only four teams that picked up players, or did it just seem that way? <laughs> it did. And the other thing that I noticed this year is that the Eastern Conference teams that were buying were all buying Western Conference players. Well, it's no surprise. One of the, the biggest seller
1: by far was the London Knights, and it's no surprise that London didn't want to trade any of their players to a Western Conference team, or maybe just Western Conference general managers just didn't want to give anything to London. Either way, Eastern Conference, you know, pegged off a
0: bunch of Western Conference players. But why would they do that, Mike? Is the Western Conference better than the Eastern Conference? Do you want to do this right now, or should we save it for any other podcast we do? Because we know that there is a power imbalance in the Ontario Hockey League, we got into the realignment discussion on Twitter about two weeks ago. And when talking about realignment, we should also talk about rebalancing and get a little bit more cross-conference play. Let's move to a 1-16 to playoff format and so on down the line. But again, we could talk about that on any podcast. We, since you mentioned the London Knights, are currently on the way home from London on a very foggy 401. And Poper was just singing... On the road again. I think, I think the listeners, the the six listeners of this podcast, were robbed from those dulcet tones. On the road again. Atta boy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's really all I know. <laughs> Can't again. wait to get back on. Yeah, I knew that. I should have yeah, known that, that one. one. Okay. On the road again. That's right. Yeah, that's about it, though. All right. Who sings it? On the road again. Yeah. I should really know this. Oh, stumped them. Right off the top of my head, I should know that that was. Uh, Conway Twitty Oh was it Ladies and gentlemen Some Conway Twitty (laughs) I really have no idea I can't Oh no of course Wait a minute What are you even talking about Not Conway It was Willie Nelson My brain's on hockey And 82 picks And 47 players Willie Nelson Sang the ding dang song Yeah it's on hockey Or maybe you've just been Hanging out with some Willie Nelson (laughs) That's not true It's legal in Canada This year anyway
1: July 1st Willie Nelson Just had to cancel A concert actually Did you know that He, He was getting sick People say he couldn't breathe on stage Probably from all inhaling But anyway, it's a true story
0: Not even a joke Don't joke about things like that
1: No, no it wasn't And it seemed like uh, uh, a lot of the Eastern Conference teams
0: Were high on the Western Conference players And not joking even a little bit Okay, since we're talking about the East right now Let's stay there uh, I think it turned into an absolute arms race Between Kingston and Hamilton One move then another move and a counter move and the Barry Colts got left saying what on earth are we going to do?
1: Yeah, we, everyone was waiting for we were just talking on the broadcast tonight, it was like, Kingston's going to make a move okay, well then Hamilton's going to make a move well, what's Kingston going to do? Kingston does this, Hamilton does that all while Barry just sat there and watched and I mean, but p- picking up Dmitry Sokolov from Sudbury I like the pickup. he's a proven goal scorer second most goals in the last two and a half seasons in the Ontario Hockey League um, I think that what you have to remember is they picked up TJ Fergus from Erie earlier this season And then they picked up the OHL's leading scorer in uh, Aaron Luchuk earlier this season So it wasn't a lot of deadline moves But they've made some big moves even before that Their other big pickup was obviously um, Leo Lazareth. So I, I, I like where Barry is It wasn't as flashy of a deadline But you
0: put those four up against Kingston's four And pretty big names all around you mentioned goaltending, and I'm not sure there was a team that was talked about as the deadline approached that didn't want to upgrade in goal. And yet, what goaltenders moved? Mario Kalina came to the Kitchener Rangers for an eighth rounder, and I think that was it. Yeah, there was no other goaltenders,
1: and it, I've said it numerous times. It's the most, posi- or, uh, the most important position on the ice every single night. And it can win or lose you games and championships, and especially in this league where leads can change so quickly and offenses of plethora around the league. Goaltending is so key, and that's why every team was calling Warren Reichel asking what the price tag is going to
0: be. So the Barry Colts get off to a blistering start in the Eastern Conference this year. Of course, Savetchnikov, a huge part of that before he gets injured. But if we look back pre-deadline, as you mentioned a moment ago. It was the Hamilton Bulldogs who blinked first and basically said, okay Barry we see what you're doing so we're going to add early and they pick up Ryan Moore and Nick Camano at a price quite frankly that you look at when the deadline rolled around and they got themselves a bargoon, I think, on those two players. But that was kind of the beginning as Hamilton steps up and asserts itself and says, okay, we're going to challenge this Barry team that's off to such a hot start and see what we can do. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere and people, well, maybe not out of nowhere, people will have said... That the Kingston Frontenacs were going to be in sell mode, but they couldn't get the price they wanted on some of their assets, most notably their goaltender, and so they decided, fine, we're going to step up and compete with this arms race, and along comes Gabe Velarde and Sean Day, and that race was quite literally on, because then Hamilton answers to that, and Kingston answers again, and, and they just kept going. Yeah, it was crazy to see. And when you have a top
1: goaltender in the league like Jeremy Helvig and you don't get the price that you want to pay, then you obviously turn around and you're like, okay, well, then we're going to go for it. We have one of the best goaltenders in the league, and why not? Like I said, the goaltending can steal you some games. And to make those, those trades with a couple of the top Western teams in, in Windsor and London, they've really solidified, A, their power play, and, and B, shown those players on that team like a Ted Nickel who's been there for forever it seems that you know what we, we understand what you, you've done for this franchise and we're gonna want we want to send you out as a winner uh, I love the moves Kingston made you mentioned Moore and Camano in Hamilton they like Flint got fleeced on that deal looking back like that could have been an eight-pick trade that Flint left on the table because they traded early and maybe that's why we see teams not wanting to do that with assets because i I, i'm a firm believer make the trade in you know october let the let your team find some chemistry because you know 20 games left 28 games left in the season it's it's tough to find chemistry and obviously the ebbs and flows of the league it would be a lot nicer if you had those guys on your roster for a full 50 games you can climb the
0: standings and get a home ice they did do better i think uh flint did in the Nick Matieno deal, uh, as he goes to Hamilton for a much more deadline-friendly or deadline-type price. I'm pretty sure, uh, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that the Firebirds flipped Matieno for more than they paid to get him from London. Well, it's probably because the GM said, "Listen, I took a beating on the first one. You're going to overpay." <laughs> That's
1: right. Uh, it, it was an interesting trade uh, when Moore and, and Commando went to Hamilton in the first place. That that Hamilton offense is pretty lethal right now and
0: i think they're they've only lost two or three times since moore and commando have went there it's worth noting that the hamilton bulldogs were in on the bidding for the 2018 memorial cup which we know will be played in just a few months now out in regina but the bulldogs obviously thought when you go into the bidding for the memorial cup that they were going to have a competitive team and they have certainly asserted themselves as such now that the deadline has come and gone. You said earlier that the London Knights were the biggest sellers in the Western Conference, and obviously with the names they move out in Pooh and Jones and Thomas and militich those are high-octane players. But the Windsor Spitfires weren't exactly shy about making trades as well. <laughs> you mean the Kitchener Spitfires? Is that, <laughs> is that what we're
1: calling them now? No, they were obviously moving some of their big pieces I think we all expected it and I think that's why Warren Reichel kept those players around for as long as he did I mean not that many not that Brown Day or uh, Velarde played much or at all um, but it, it's a way to still p- bring people to the rank, get your team in a in a playoff spot and hope Michael DiPietro can keep you in that playoff spot and at least you get a couple home playoff games and then next year you probably end up Moving Di Pietro. um but it was a fire sale that they knew they had to make, and they, they, much like London, did a very good job in recouping some of those picks that they dished out last year when they loaded up
0: big time for their Memorial Cup run. You want to hear some crazy numbers? Sure. Windsor Spitfires, 2017 Memorial Cup champions. You just mentioned they needed to recoup some of those draft picks after they won. Well because of the way the draft happens they actually had the draft prior to winning the Memorial Cup I'm ne- I don't, I've never understood this but anyway draft happens in their Memorial Cup season and the Windsor Spitfires had are you ready for it one one pick in the first four rounds that was it one now Warren Reichel who says there's no sense doing half a rebuild left pretty much the only asset in the border city as Michael D. Pietro. But in his moves... Are you ready? 21 draft picks have been returned. 12 of them are second rounders. And that one pick in the first four rounds last year... Nathan Steos, is now joined by two more top 20 picks... From that same 2017 draft class in Grayson Ladd... From the Kitchener Rangers and the Austin McEnany and Logan Brown deal... And Cody Morgan of the Kingston Frontenacs in the Villardi and Day deal. So now, Warren Reichel has in his arsenal three of the top 20 picks from that 2017 draft class, and he has restocked his cupboards with 21 selections in future drafts. Three Memorial Cups in nine years.
1: That is not by accident. He knows what he's doing. And uh, that's crazy, the amount of draft picks that he can recoup in one year at one trade deadline without trading perhaps his biggest asset of them all while still giving his team a chance to contend in the postseason this year there three memorial cups in nine years there might not be a better gm in the league and i don't think he gets the credit that he deserves
0: now counter that with dave brown and Erie, who didn't have the same number of assets to sell obviously uh coming off the ohl championship for the Erie otters and To back, to back, to back. 50 win seasons. Are you kidding me? Taylor Radish, Jordan Sandbrook, Sault Ste. Marie. They pick up Hayden Fowler, who was a first-rounder last year up in the Sioux. And nine. Nine draft picks in just one deal. Not a bad haul for the Erie Otters, but they obviously still have some work to do in restocking and reloading down there. And then, if you look at the Eastern Conference, you go from teams that were sort of recouping, to teams that were selling we talked about the big movers in the east the Kingston Frontenacs and the Hamilton Bulldogs the Kingston Frontenacs parted ways with the aforementioned Cody Morgan and 12 draft picks eight of them were second rounders and then how about those Hamilton Bulldogs see you later 16 draft picks 16 nine of them were second rounders and Connor McMichael is also now a London Knight uh,
1: even the Rangers, they got rid of seven second rounders at the trade deadline this year. But you, you talk with Mike McKenzie, the Rangers general manager, he had three seconds this year, and he only dealt one of them. So, he, great job in dealing second or in dealing second rounders for your overagers, but while also still holding on to a couple to give yourself a future. And that's why we see Dave Dave Brown down in Erie making that and trying to get the biggest haul he could for Taylor Addis because he knew he had gotten rid of so many picks last year that he needs to recoup, and that's how you do it. These GMs don't do it by accident. That's why no general manager is is scared to trade draft picks for big names like we saw again this year because they know that the turnaround is going to come back to them when they then have assets, and they can drive the price up. And that's the price of currency right now is that it's draft picks. Very, We talked about it. Very seldomly do you see a player-for-player player deal or even a couple players for a player. It is always give me draft picks. And the number of draft picks right now being passed along per deal in the Ontario Hockey League is, is getting out of control, really. It's not about... I think I was reading on Twitter, I really think the league should go back to where you can trade first-round draft picks. And I think by doing that, you'll cut down the number of draft picks being dealt
0: per deal because it's crazy right now. I kind of like what the Sarnia Sting did this year, too. They didn't blow their brains out. They did a few years ago in the Travis Connecting, Matt Mistily ads, and they tried to make a run and ended up getting bounced in the first round by the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. But without going too crazy, they did add uh, on both ends. They they get Jonathan Ang from the Peterborough Peets, and they get Cam Deneen from the North Bay Battalion. They're... they're decent in goal with Justin Fazio he's, he's not going to set the world on fire but he's competent and and the team's going along great guns of course any team with Jordan Cairo I think you try to to put something else around him and and take your shot in what might be the widest open Western conference that we've seen in quite some time if you looked even a season ago you could pick the London Knights Erie Otters Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds or Owen Sound Attack as prohibitive favorites this year it's a little more open, yeah, but I, I don't
1: know if it is open <laughs> that's the thing I think it might be the most closed Western conference we've seen in quite some time. I think the Sioux is that good with Kitchener nipping at their tails. I think Sarnia made those moves to solidify themselves a semifinal berth because I don 't at least on paper I don't think they can touch the Sioux or Kitchener, and I'm not sure many teams are even going to give the Sioux a run for their money and that's that's why. When London was in the talk for Taylor Radish, when they realized the price tag that it was going to cost, and it was better for their franchise to bow out because they they realized like th- that's a team we talked about those four guys they traded out of London like that's a team that went 27 wins in their last 34 games or something since going one eight and one to start the season. It's a very good hockey team that was rolling. They won six of their last eight before the trade deadline, and then when you do something like that, it was all because and. They looked at the standings and saw how good the Sioux was and thought, we don't have a shot, so let's throw out some assets. Sarnia, I think, was just trying to get some playoff wins for their fans, so
0: they stopped hearing about how long it's been since they made it past the first round. I hope they can do that uh, for the sake of the franchise and the fan base there in Sarnia, which I think has been energized this season. And by the sounds of that latest comment, uh, you and I are in agreement that the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds are the team to beat in the Western Conference. Despite the moves made at the deadline, what about the East? Who is going to reign supreme when all is said and done?
1: I, Looking at the, the additions, it's tough to bet against the Kingston Frontenacs right now. I love the additions they made. Just from what I saw from them, though, I wasn't convinced that the pieces were there to even bring in those four big-name players They've proven that they can win those four guys. Um, but I don't know if they have the supporting cast. Hamilton is pretty tough to not look at. They made some great moves. I love the Moore and Commando picks. I, I love Fulcher in net. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be those two. I don't. I think Barry is going to be on the outside looking in. Um, I don't trust their goaltending and defense. Their offense is great, but their defense is suspect to me. Uh, but I'm going to put this one on uh, Steel City. I said it on the last podcast. Hamilton, go watch your team. Fill that place. Like, they're crazy good right now. Forget the tie cats. They suck.
0: Johnny Manziel isn't going to save it. Go watch the Hamilton Bulldogs. I'm going to just hope for the Kingston Frontenacs. I love the city, and... They have gone out and, I mean, they have really laid it on the line. Much like the Sarnia Sting in the West, uh, not a lot of playoff success to speak of. Just two playoff round victories in the past ten seasons for the Kingston Frontenacs. Um, or is that two playoff appearances? Man, oh man No, no It's two, two playoff round victories I was thinking of when they Were up against Peterborough Three games to none And, and the Peets came back to, to beat them Just a few years ago Anyway the, the France have laid so much On the line right now They do not have A second round pick In their cupboard Until 2028 <laughs> <laughs> That's a far ways Down the line So Like no second rounders In ten
1: years Is what you're saying That's exactly what I'm saying Wow, yeah They better win <laughs> because those four guys that they got are not going to be back next year, I don't think. So you're not going to be able to flip them again for more picks. And I don't think you have the assets coming back next year that would bring back a lot of those picks. It, interesting to say the least, up in Kingston. But my my head says Hamilton, my heart for te- or for uh, Ted Nickel up there. I, I hope he
0: wins a championship. List will his own. Shout out, Letter Kenny. So. If you think that the league might want to revert to allowing first-round picks to be traded again to try to cut down on the madness, I still think, I absolutely believe that we have to cut down on the distance out these picks can be traded. That also, I think, would cut down on the lunacy and uh, I don't want to I think we've had this conversation on previous podcasts and I, I'm less concerned now with all the jokes that go around saying you just traded for a kid in kindergarten I don't care about that so much as I care about the fact that it's almost too easy because we know that teams will recoup those picks like you saw Dave Brown recoup nine in one move this season he's got more work to do but that's a big chunk of it done you saw Warren Reichel essentially turn everything over in a season it's pretty incredible stuff but i think if we if we tighten up those rules just a little bit on how far out you can trade a draft pick it makes them more valuable obviously and it makes the gms work that much harder
1: i i think the 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 re-implementing allowing you to trade your first rounder will also do that it'll cut back on how many years away we're trading picks um it is getting lunatic lunatic or lunacy right now it's getting crazy anyway um I, i it's it's interesting to me though and it's almost like collusion in a way where the gms have just discussed that you know everybody help everybody out because everybody's not going to be going for it at the same time and then we can have better teams and we'll win all the memorial cups because that's the way it seems to go in the ontario hockey league if you look at the the qmjhl and the dub they don't make the kind of deals that we're seeing in the ontario hockey league each and every year there was a three-player deal out in the dub and i'm trying to remember who it was it was lethbridge and i I don't think it was prince george it was lethbridge anyway traded their goal goalie their captain and an assistant captain on defense and their hall wasn't even near i don't believe what erie got for taylor Radish. It, the deals are a lot smaller. They're a lot more technical, and, and the price tags just aren't as high because I don't think that they're helping each other out as much as the OHL teams are, and that's all it is. its is. We'll give you our player. We have no problem helping you go for a run, but when it comes down to it, we want to have a player from you later, and you help us out. The, those conversations happen. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to notice
0: it, and I think in a way it's helping our game, but I think in a way it's also hurting it. We're going to have lots of fun down the stretch. Any Ontario Hockey League fan will do that at this time of the year because the teams have loaded up that think they're going for it. Other teams have said, here's a look at the future, and hopefully the future's not bleak for long, and and we'll see how it goes. But it's it's a great time of year to be uh, even just a, a casual fan of this game. Get out to your local rink, watch some of these players who may be making the jump to the next level after this. And, hey, as always, if you think we're full of crap, Let us know. You can email Mike at 570news.com or tweet me at Farwell underscore OHL. You can email me at Pope at 570news.com. How about that one? I like it.
1: Or you can tweet me at underscore Chris Pope. And a reminder, subscribe to the podcast if you're a listener for the first time or if you've just been listening every week. Go and subscribe,
0: leave us a comment, and toss us a couple ratings too if you have time. Pope's favorite thing is online criticism, so go and get him. Pope at 570news.com. It's pretty fantastic. I hope that's not a bounce back. Uh, it might be. I don't know yet. I haven't wow. it. Wow. Okay. Uh, as we are, it, this is a strange week for us because there will be no Kitchener Rangers game at the Memorial Auditorium on a Friday night. It's, I said, what? I know. So what we're going to do is head into Michigan and uh, play the Saginaw Spirit on Saturday. And while we are there, we're going to have a conversation with uh, a former head coach in Kitchener. I I have no idea who that might be, but he's going to be in Saginaw while we're in Saginaw. And we thought we'd sit down. He's already agreed in advance. So here's the shameless plug for uh, the next pod. A former OHLer, and, of course... You can't talk about him without talking about his alma
1: mater. He wears an X ring. That's all I'm going to say. I'm sure it will come up in conversation. It usually
0: does. You talk about him being a former OHLer Every time we visited the rink where he toiled in the OHL, they would have a trivia question with his name attached to it. He was the Iron Man for that franchise. We'll ask him about that, too, because he loved it every single time we went there. Well, he's back in that state right now. That he is, coaching a team somewhere down the road. I can't keep my geography straight that way. But, yes, uh, he's he's the now arch-rival of the former franchise for which he played. Does that all make sense? We're not sure. He's on the podcast next week. Clear as mud, much like subscribing to our podcast. Available on the podcast app and all
1: podcatchers, 570news.com or on the Twitters. I'm Farwell. And I'm
0: Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. I'm Matt Kundel, host of the Sound Off
1: podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent—almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at SoundOffPodcast.com.
0: Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.